Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings, everyone. Karibu ni sana to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. This is our podcast. My name is Fred Alexander Oyola, the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi, and I'm glad, as usual, to be speaking to us today. Karibu ni sana. My prayer to all of us listening is that may the Lord uh, bless you. May this year, despite all that is happening, my prayer for everyone I meet is that if you know the Lord, if you know him and believe in him, may he still bless you with immense fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Some quick announcements. That's how we begin our podcast every week. Uh, our 2021 Bible reading plan is still on. We are on the book of 2 Samuel, believe it or not. And so my request to us is to continue reading the Bible. We don't remind you of where we are to boast that, oh, this is where we are. You know, we are those guys. No, no, no. Like I keep telling even our congregants, we remind you of Bible reading because it is one of the most, if not the most vital things to be doing in this time, in this season, in our lives today. If you're not reading the scriptures, something is wrong. And I, I'd point it out if I, if I was hanging out with you, I'd know. And so let's read the scriptures. Let's hear from God. And so we're on 2 Samuel. We are reading the book uh, of 2 Samuel right now. And we have a Zoom hangout after every book. Our next one will be on Monday. And I think by the time this will be going out, it will be Monday. It will be Monday, the 12th of April at 8 p.m. So just give us a shout if you want to join us. We have a vibrant group of uh, people there, many even not from our church. I just come in, uh, part of the Bible study, we do it on Zoom, and we have a beautiful time. So um, join us for Bible study every Monday uh, after we finish reading the books. Um, one of the things you must constantly remember is all through the New Testament, there is a command to always be reading scripture. Paul always uh, admonished his people, he always encouraged the people to stand stand true to the word of God, to keep with the word of God, to always remember, to read it not only in public, but to meditate upon the word of God and consistently know what God is talking about. Leo, so uh, last month, just quickly remember, we did a, a beautiful sermon series by one of our own DC. He talked us uh, through money, what we need to do about it. Do we know how much we have? How much our debt is? Are we saving money? Are we investing? Um, uh, where is our heart as concerns money? That was a beautiful set of podcasts. So just check our podcast on Anchor FM. That's where we are. And all the messages are on there. Even last year, he did the same one last year, but because he never finished it, we did it. We, we sensed the Lord was still um, pushing us to talk about it. And so he did it again. So may you be encouraged as you hear the message on money. This month, though, we began a new sermon series. We've called it The Family. Um, God has been pressing it upon my heart for very long to talk about the family. And so we began last week by talking about the, the family and uh, the genesis of the family. Um, what we do on the podcast is very different from our hangout on Sundays. On, on Sundays, just almost like a, a Bible study um, hangout, a chill-out session where we, uh, we talk is back and forth. We open the scriptures, we discuss it, Kidogo, um, we ask questions to each other, um, and it's just a chill-out thing. And so the podcast is just 
the notes um, around what uh, we talked about. And so we began with Genesis, and so we looked at the Kenyan dream and how dangerous it is. Most of us are actually on the Kenyan dream, um, especially with how it puts us on the hedonic treadmill. That's what we talked about, where we simply attain without any real purpose. The dream looks something like this. One spouse, we said two children, a three-bedroom apartment uh, in Lovington or uh, in Runda, a four-wheeled vehicle, um, a four-wheeled SUV, actually, vehicle. Five acres of land, six groups of friends, a seven-figure salary, an eight-day holiday overseas, not local. Hey, we don't do local things, Buana. Nine side hustles and belonging to the final ten WhatsApp groups. If you don't have a WhatsApp group, especially ten, you're not living the Kenyan dream. <laughs> we finished by saying that what God commanded about subduing the earth still applies today as we live in this very materialistic world where stuff like the Kenyan dream still rule um like i've said check out our anchor fm pl uh, podcast platform um if you missed it uh this is where all our messages are uh, this is this, this this platform and share it with your friends and family um even colleagues um because we believe in this season it is very important to um, be in the word of god so um we're looking into fatherhood today but let's open our bibles the book of joshua 24 14 and 15 that's our bible reading for the month Joshua 24, 14 and 15, but Joshua 24, 14 and 15. Uh, and I will read. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, my prayer is that our hearts be ready, including mine, to hear your word, to speak your word, and may our heart, Jehovah, be good ground, um, that they may, it may all, it may bear good fruit, fruit that is pleasing to you. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have not said Amen. <laughs> The mention of father in this time and age is scary. Most haven't been very good at it, and it has left many families hurt and broken. I don't think it even helps when most negative stats today don't favor the male. We know, for example, that 50% of our homes today don't have fathers. That is a, st a statistic that was there two years ago. And even four years ago, the same statistic was still there. It is almost 50% of our homes today that don't have fathers. A father, 50% of now the homes with, with fathers. Just think about that. The, the 50% of homes with fathers uh, are parented by house helps. So 50% of our homes that have fathers are parented by house helps. Can you believe that? And then now, to take it even further, 50% of those that are locked indoors, no, not indoors, inmates in prisons, 50% claim they are from fatherless homes. You see what's happening there? 50% of our homes don't have fathers. The other 50% of homes that have both parents, fathers and mothers, are parented by house helps. And 50% of inmates in our country, Kenya, don't have fathers. Let me continue some stats. I love looking at stats, man. It shows us the picture where we are. The data from Kenya prison states that of almost 43% detainees, 
Only 7% are women. Hmm? Let's go on. The 2019 NTSA deaths report states that 2,263 men against 459 women died from road accidents. The statistic last year was some 3,363 died on the roads. So if we go by the percentages, 20% of those, only 20% are women that died. Let's continue. 5,000 rape cases were recorded from March to June of 2020. This is last year. That's the COVID-19 season. And of this, only 10% are men. So 90% of rape cases are women. Guys, something is amiss. And we know it. One of the things that I'm telling guys in this month, I'm not giving guys any deep things. I'm not revealing anything new. I'm just stating the facts and reminding us what the scripture says. It is very important in this reason, in this season, to be reminded, guys, of what the scripture tells us. But as we look at these stats, it almost puts it almost puts it across that the male just has a major problem. As misplaced as that may seem, it is actually most of the attitude towards the male today. As th th there's a title, the Guardian, the UK Guardian paper, newspaper, in 2003, had a title that simply read, Do we need men today? 2003. A professor in Australia, I believe is in, in 2020, Almost, put, not almost, put it across that the Y chromosome is dying out. If you know very well, the Y chromosome is, in, is, is the one uh, responsible for manhood, for, for manliness in a human being. It is dying off. 300 years ago, it had 1,400 genes. Right now, it has 45. I don't know what's happening there, but you get the drift. Basically, it is saying that the male is dying off. The word on the street, word on the street is that the male species is slowly becoming ex extinct. I must remind us that this is not from a godly place. Most of this is from a broken place. Out of issues of hurt, issues of brokenness. It's not because males are ceasing to exist, but simply because it has done so much wrong that that it is all that it is now known for. The male is known because of problems. It is not just in our world that the male has issues. Even in the scriptures, in the Bible, we can list numerous examples of bad men that we know. But the Bible gives us a good fare of these, including fathers as well. Jacob, remember Jacob? The father of Israel, the grandson of Abraham, did so much wrong. He was a liar. His name actually means deception, the deceive, the deceiver. But later played favorites with one of his sons, Joseph. He was not a good father. He had four women that sired 12 children. Just think about that. The father of the nation of Israel. Jephthah, remember Jephthah? Jephthah was the, one of the judges in the book of Judge. In the book of Judges, one of the judges in the book of one of the judges from the book of Judges. Mm. He had to kill his daughter simply because he made a quick and reckless vow 
to win the battle that he was asking the Lord to help him in. Check it in the book of Judges. It is there. King David, my goodness, was a loner in his younger life. And later on in life, got so permissive with his sons that even when one Absalom killed his other son, Amnon, he never said or did anything. The Bible is full of them. Full of them. But this is not the end of fatherhood, guys. There are a few good fathers from the Bible as well. But before you get to the Bible, I have to mention that some of the best men and fathers I know are those that stand in the gap for children and families without the father. I salute you today. If you're a man and you have noticed that a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, a brother or a sister has no man in their family and you stand in the gap to be the father that this person never even knew, may the Almighty God forever remember you. That I had to say. So we have very good examples even in the midst of all this craziness with men and fathers in our society today. But even in the scriptures, even in the scriptures, not even bad, and even in the scriptures, there are others, man. There, there are so many. Job, remember, was a father who always prayed for his children. Every time after they had a bash, the, the book of Job begins by telling us, and Job would go into a place of prayer and lift up his children. He was also always socially available for them. He was an available father. Jehonadab, one of the most unmentioned fathers from the Bible, is in the book of 2 Kings. He was a father of the famous Rechabites in the time of Jeremiah. He taught his children well in a time when many were not and was always remembered for being a father whose children obeyed him, even in the manner of never drinking, and was used as an example to the nation of Judah as an upright people. Jeremiah used him consistently to remind the nation of Judah how immoral they were. And yet there was a family right there that was so obedient to their earthly father, Jehonadab. That's a good father. Joseph, the father of Jesus, was so honorable in the pregnancy of Mary and so protective with her and the baby Jesus. Remember him? This guy was solid. My goodness. There's some good fathers out here. Each one of us even the person listening, you listening, I know you know the examples of good fathers. Maybe even your father was a good example. My dad was a good example. He had moments, but he, he was a good example in my life. He was available. He was, a, he was a disciplinarian. He was there. You know? We must always remember that whatever God created was good. Last week we mentioned that the genesis of the family is marriage. From marriage, fatherhood comes. And if marriage is God's institution, then we must know that fatherhood is God's as well. And just because we have seen bad examples, it doesn't mean that it is of the devil. Here's what we must know about fatherhood from God's word. The title father is one of the highest honors given to man, simply because God's title is also father. Think about that. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, the first bit tells us, that for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. God is our Father. And so for all the men out there who are fathers, you need to constantly remember that the very title of God as a father has been bestowed upon you. What a privilege. Number two, we must always look to God to have a clear picture of what the fatherhood is all about. 
fatherhood is from God, guys. Just because you've had a bad father in your life, just because you've had no father, it does not mean that fatherhood is evil. We don't need to throw stones at all the fathers now simply because your heart. Deal with your heart, Bana. Let's stop these silly wars on social media about fathers and their problems, about men and how evil they are. I understand the times are evil and this craziness going out there. I have men who are just evil. But let's remember that the evil is the problem, not the man or the institution. Let's not hate on fatherhood simply because we've seen bad examples. It is the evil that is a problem, not the institution. You have heard it said that a good father is a priest, protector, provider, prophet, the four offices, the, the four Ps, to this family, to his family, sorry. You have heard it said that a good father is a priest, a protector, a provider, and a prophet to his family. All these emanate from the character of God, and that should be qualified in the same way. Fatherhood must have its description from the word of God. Otherwise, all its description will be corrupted, corrupted by the world we live in. God, through his son Jesus Christ, is our priest who intercedes for us day and night. Hebrews 4.14 He tells us, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, come on. Let us hold family to the faith we profess. Remember Jesus interceding for Peter? We are priests because God, through Jesus Christ, was a priest. He is our priest right now. So, we become priests as father simply because God is the priest. The father heads the home, so must lead the home in worshiping God as the liaison between his family and God. He must build the altar for the family, stand in the gap for each of them, lifting them up before the Lord daily like Job. Remember? He is the priest of the home. This means he must be led by the Lord first before he can lead his family as a priest. As a priest, he must bless his family continually before the Lord. The role of protector lies in priesthood as well as he stands in the gap for his family, protecting them from the fiery darts of the enemy through prayer, on top of protecting them physically against harm. It is not enough to build a home for your family, to have insurance for your family, to buy a car for the family, to uh, put the gate, buy locks, uh, buy secu a security firm, hire um, bodyguards. That is not enough. If you can do it, that's well and good. But it, it is enough to go before the Lord and stand in a gap when the enemy comes in. When he comes in as a flood, you raise a standard as the man of God in your home and say, Jehovah, I see the enemy coming for my son, for my daughter. Jehovah, I rebuke the enemy for your sakes in Jesus' name. Number two, God is our provider and so our father takes up the responsibility of making sure his family is covered as concerns day-to-day -day provisions. Provision goes beyond finances and must include non-materials as well, like discipline. We must provide discipline in the home. Our wives helps, help us. Our, the mothers to our children help us. But fathers, we must be the ones who stand and say this is wrong because God looks at you as the head of the home and so if you do not stand up for right in your home how can you stand up before God for what is right number three God through his son Jesus 
was and is our great prophet who was prophesied upon by Moses in Deuteronomy 18.18 that says that God will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites and will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. As the father, we are to always declare the truths of God to our family. One should be so immersed in the word of God that our declarations as fathers of our family aren't based on the world's doctrines, but on the truth of the word of God. What the world is saying and declaring that of our children, you shall be the richest man on earth. That is not a declaration. Declarations that are godly will bless our homes. We should be declaring spiritual things over them. Because we do not fight against uh, the world. We are fighting principalities in the dark places. So declarations should be things like, you shall be full of peace. Yours is the kingdom of God forever and ever. You shall not uh, fall and stay down. You will rise up like the man of God you are. Your future is full of the brightness of God. Those are declarations. This is engineer, okay, but if you don't have spiritual declarations over your home, I don't know what you're doing. The, uh, with all that said, I believe that, the, that God's quality of his presence to us must be what fathers seek to emulate. One of the things you must always continually ask yourself, why is it that we only talk about priest, protector, provider, and prophet and not talk about presence? Ask yourself this question. Underlying priesthood, being the protector, being the provider, being the prophet, what is it that God has shown us in his life that we must always emulate as fathers? Is provision enough? Is being a priest over your home enough? Is just the, uh, what is it, protection of your home and family? Is that enough? No. Let's look at the following verses in scripture. Deuteronomy 31, 6, the second part tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is God speaking to the nation of Israel. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong, courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is God speaking to Joshua. Isaiah 41, 10, God speaking, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is Jehovah. Matthew 28, 20, behold, I am with you always to the end of age. What these verses should inform us is that in being a priest, a protector, a provider, and a prophet, we, fathers, must be present. The world today teaches us that as long as we are doing what we are supposed to do, even if absent, it is okay. That is a lie from the devil. That is not God. That is not how Christ lives in our lives. We have been told through scripture, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you physically. I will never forsake you emotionally. So why should we, as fathers, let's be present fathers, the most powerful father on earth, the most faithful father on earth, is not the one who simply just prays over his family, or protects them, or provides for them, or prophesies godly things over them. The most powerful father on earth, the most faithful one, 
is that father who is present. Money or no money. Prayer or no prayer. Smiling or not smiling. Laughing or not laughing. I kid you not, one of the most powerful statements I've ever read is presence supersedes provision. I know many fathers, mine included, who never had money probably to even fly us around the world. But because he was around, mostly for supper, where we would sit down and just have conversations, even late into the night, we would laugh out loudly over his jokes, over his stories. He would tell us how his day was, how his boss annoyed him, how a gentleman just made him laugh, how the lady at the canteen is just funny and would talk for hours. He would talk about our schooling, who we saw during the day, whether the ladies in the streets were starting to mess our minds or not. He was present and I honor him for that. It never bothered us. It did kidogo, but not that much. But we ate a lot of skumawiki and ugali simply because he never had enough. Presence supersedes everything else. Fathers, hear me and hear me well. God's power over the enemy is simply because I believe he is present. He is with us through it all. One of the biggest testimonies that you hear in churches across the world or from believers' mouths is simply, when I went through, God was there. When my friend died, God was there. When I lost my job, I sensed the Spirit of God right there with me. He told us he will never leave us nor forsake us. So why should we leave and forsake? Why? God is always there with and for us. And so must we, fathers. It will not matter if you're always praying for our families and never there. It will not matter if you're consistently hustling nine to nine every day and not having time with our children and not present. Our homes will be broken. Remember what you said last week. Brokenness of our homes is as a result of broken families. Broken families is as a result of fatherlessness. I kid you not. Mothers have their part to play. That's next week. But today we are touching on fathers. God will count us unfaithful to the task if we are doing everything correct, but we are not present. Fathers, let's be present. <laughs>